Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and on today's episode, we are discussing personal branding strategies. And to help me through this discussion, because he knows far more about this, he is the expert here than I do, is Jason Van Orden. So since 2005, Jason has worked with over 6,000 students and clients, teaching them how to monetize their unique brilliance with content marketing, scalable courses, and automated sales systems. Many of his students have built multi-million dollar businesses and have become top authors, bloggers, podcasters, and speakers in their field. In September of 2005, he co-founded the first ever podcast about internet business and online marketing. It quickly became one of the top business podcasts in the world. To this day, it's one of the most profitable podcasts on iTunes, having generated millions of dollars in sales directly from his podcast. He has spoken around the world at some of the biggest conferences, such as CES, National Association of Broadcasters, New Media Expo, and many more, teaching how to use internet media to launch and grow influential personal brands. In 2006, he wrote the best-selling book, Promoting Your Podcast, in which he was the first to crack the code for optimizing podcasts to get maximum exposure on iTunes. His work has been used to teach marketing at the university level and has been referenced on sites such as Forbes.com and Entrepreneur. He also practices what he preaches, having created world-class, influential brands of his own. So Jason is awesome. If you're not familiar with him, now you are. In this episode, we discuss three keys to good brand positioning, how to overcome imposter syndrome and position yourself as an expert, the magnetic messaging framework, and the compounding effect of your impact on the world. So if you are looking to generate more interest, if you're looking to create a brand, if you're looking to create an online course or a podcast or or brand your facility or your clinic, then this is a great episode to listen to. Jason gives so much great advice. I took so many notes. So a big thank you to Jason and everyone enjoy. Hey, Jason, welcome to the podcast. I am so happy to have you on today. Well, it's great to be here, Karen. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And as, as you know, I've been a fan of yours for a while. And as my audience knows, I actually took your course on how to kind of juice up your podcast uh, mm. last year. Yeah. And I thought it was super helpful. So I want to thank you for that. And I sort of raved about it to my fans on social media and here in the podcast. So it's such a, it's going to be so great to have you on today. So well, thank so you nice for to that. hear. Yeah. yeah, thanks. And today we're going to be talking about creating an irresistible brand. And then once you have that brand, how do you create sources of income? Because mm. of course, we all want to make a living. We all want to help as many people as we can while we're doing it. But the first question I have for you is what is your definition of a brand? Sure. Yeah. Good question. So 
When in the work that I do, you know, I work with people who have expertise that they want to get out there in a bigger way, you know, some kind of message, some kind of story. So, you know, they really want to be recognized or known or even just increase their own ability to help and impact and, and reach people with what they do. So just to let people know, I'll be talking mostly in the vein of what a personal brand is. I know sometimes we hear a brand and we think like Coca-Cola or AT&T, and certainly there are much bigger brand you know, companies as well. But we also don't want to confuse it with brand identity, like logos and like your letterhead. And certainly you know, those are assets that get used in order to maybe establish a recognition of a brand. Uh, but really, yeah, what we'll be talking about and what I, how I define it is much more about like how are you perceived in the marketplace, especially by those that you want to reach and have do business with, that have do business with you, you know, the people that you want to serve and that you want to you know, perk up and pay attention and, and listen when you've got something cool to share or sell or, or, or you know, offer as, as help. So it, it has to do with, you know, them seeing, you know, here's who you are, here's what you do, here's who you help, and here's what you have to offer to them. And hopefully those perceptions are accurate and complete and compelling so that you successfully can get their attention and move them towards doing business with you. So that's kind of in, in brief how I would make some of the specifications of the word brand to make sure that we're, we're clear about what we're talking about. Yeah. And I think that's really helpful because I think you're exactly right. When people think of brands, they do think of those big international, huge brands, like you said, Coca-Cola, Nike, Apple, which is certainly a brand. But I think for the sake of the audience listening to this, they want to know about that more personal brand identity that you were talking about. So let's talk about how to create that. So how do you create this sort of irresistible brand that you want your ideal customers, you want to be perceived as something that is so necessary for them. How do you create that? So yeah, there are three pieces uh, to, to having a good brand positioning. And, and by positioning, I mean, again, establishing that place in the marketplace uh, that you want to sit. And so the, the first is, is to know like, okay, well, here's who I ideally want to reach and serve and being very clear about that. Um, I mean, there's a, an example I, I use that in, for instance, digital photography, as I had a, recently a client I was working with who, who wanted, you know, a successful digital photographer, wanted to get out there and help other digital photographers, um, you know, had great career, great clients and, and projects and things. And he knew there were a lot of people who kind of knew his work and, and wanted to be do some of what he had been able to accomplish. And so, you know, it's like, okay, great. I want to build up my brand more and not just, um, you know, do, do this, uh, this work where I get hired to go and do filmography and, and, and digital photography. And so I said, well, we need to get very clear about who do you want to help with these skills? Is it the already established professional? Is it the, uh, somebody who wants to make that jump now to being a professional, you know, they've, they've studied and they've, you know, pretty serious hobbyists or something? Or do you want to help people who just have an iPhone and want to take more beautiful pictures with their iPhone? Like these are all different audiences, but under that umbrella of digital photography. So it's being very clear. And sometimes that's specifying a, a specific uh, demographic, though it needs to go, I think, even much, much deeper than that. And, you know, are, are there certain uh, age groups? But the, the, the biggest thing to really understand is, uh, 
how, what are, what are the outcomes or results that you want to help them to reach? I think it's really important to, to define the target customer, the intended customer uh, in that way, because when it comes down to it, I mean, yeah, their age and their gender or these different things might help you if you're running ads and want to know where to reach them. But really, ultimately, the way you want to define them is like, oh, these are their unfulfilled needs. These are what they're, the things they're actively looking for. These are the pains they're experiencing or the goals that they haven't met that they would like to meet. And th those are the things that uh, I can you know, help them with, which is the second piece. Once you know the ideal customer that you want to reach and serve, the second piece is know, okay, well, how, how do you want to serve them? What, what are you going to uh, deliver? If you Are there specific ones of their, their pains that you want to help them with or the unfulfilled goals that you want to uh, help them with. And we call that, you know, the, the, the value proposition or the thing that you are, are presenting to them, whether, you know, and, and that might be as, as services or products or, or other things we can get uh, into that later. But so it's, who are you serving? How are you uh, going to, to serve them? And then there's also this third piece that's just who you are. And, and particularly in the work that I do in helping people with their personal branding, uh, there's a lot of noise on the internet. And and it can feel sometimes if you're somebody who ever does post on Facebook or put something out there and maybe you're hoping people might see it, to, it's easy to feel like, oh, that's just going to get lost in this mm -hmm. like sea of, of sameness and so many people saying different things uh, or the same seeming same things. And it's, it's knowing that uh, as trite as this might sound, you know, we, we each have our unique perspective, our unique approach, the experiences we've been through. We have our uh, you know, our, our approach to things to bring to the table. And in the same way, here's my vision for people who, who want to have a, a personal brand is that in the same way that Spotify now has really trained us to be able to find whatever we want to listen to. I mean, whatever genre, whatever indie or popular music, like you could, there's a vast catalog. And now it's not about what 100 CDs you own. It's like now you've like near infinite choice. And so you can have these very personalized uh, playlists and stuff. And, and Spotify is insanely good at then making recommendations uh, for us as well. In that same way, be, thanks to the internet, over the last 10, 15 years, all the, all the myriad of problems and, and populations who need help out there in, in solving and guidance, you know, there's a slice of the world that's looking for your approach, for your flavor, you, you are that hidden gem of a, of, a, of a band on Spotify, quote unquote, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's something about the way you show up and make them feel or present the information or guide them or, or the values you have or, or some kind of shared meaning or, or something where, you know, you seem a lot like, uh, like they, you know, you know you, you've been in the place they have in the past and they, they resonate with that. So that's, that's the third piece of the personal brand is knowing what you bring to the table in those ways. And it's just really owning and realizing that you do have that perspective that, uh, there, that many people will want to specifically hear from you. Wow. Okay. So I am going to recap that really quickly. So first you're, you want to be clear about who you want to serve then you want to be clear on how you're going to serve them. And then who are you and what do you bring to the table? I mean, yeah. these are, I feel like number one, kind of getting clear about who you want to serve. I don't know. For, in, for me, that's probably the easiest of the three. But getting, I think, drilling down to who are you and what do you bring to the table that can be 
kind of difficult to pull out of yourself. Do you have any tips for the listeners on how they might be able to do that? Absolutely. Or for me, I'm being totally selfish <laughs> totally, if I'm being no, honest. <laughs> absolutely not a problem. Um, it is, it is, it can be hard to uncover those things. And one of the reasons why is that we often don't see what is interesting or special or valuable because it's commonplace to us. And, you know, and then just good old human nature, we have imposter syndrome or just feel like, oh, to, to like, you know, say, oh, I'm, I'm strong in this area just feels uh, not humble or something. So, you know, these things get in our way of seeing what we have to offer. And so in the work that I do, I, I have a lot of exercises and frameworks and, and things that I walk clients through to help them un, you know, uncover and, and discover the, the different parts of, of their voice and, and brand that we're talking about. So I'll, I'll just drill into to one area here that I think is really important. When, it, like I said, very noisy on the internet, but if you can get this, this sense of resonance, um, resonance is, you know, if you've ever, uh, you know, maybe you've ever been singing in the shower or something, you happen to just hear hit just this right note and it's just like, whoa, it just gets really big and, and because you hit just that resonant note that in that space sounds really big. And then that's what you want when somebody comes across you and your message. So here's a little framework. Uh, in, in my research about personal branding, there, I've seen a lot of work, I've, I've seen a lot of research I've done out there about the importance of purpose-based brands. And when I say that I'm talking about companies like Whole Foods or Patagonia, there's a, there's a very specific identity. They stand for certain things. They have a certain vision of the future. They guide their company according to that. Um, their messaging communicates certain things in a very clear and compelling way. Um, and that's just two of many examples I could go to. And the, the research is clear that that leads to more loyal customers, repeat customers, you know, fans and advocates that share your stuff with other people. And this is what consumers want today. Thank goodness. You know, I think 10, 15 years of some really just like shenanigans in the corporate world, mm -hmm. not only to mention just upcoming generation of, of millennials, that purpose-based stuff has gotten really, really important. So what does that mean for you? How can you... Uh, you know, if you're feeling driven by all this, you probably do have some kind of purpose inside you. But what does that even mean to like clarify and communicate that? So here's here's a little framework that I have. I I went and I studied kind of the work I've done helping build personal brands as well as some of these companies and what they do. And I came up with five elements that I'll just briefly go through. I call this the magnetic messaging framework, and it and it, it is one of many facets that you can pull up to really find that uniqueness about you. So first thing is beliefs. What do you believe at the core that drives the core of the work that you do? What do you believe about the world? What do you believe that maybe goes counter to what is popular, you know, wisdom in your industry? What do you want the people that you want to reach and serve? What do you want them to believe after they've worked with you or come across your, your, you know, your offerings? What do you want them to believe about themselves and about the world? So I'll just use myself as a quick example here. I have this belief that we do need more people out there building that personal brand, rising up and owning it and going and finding that slice of the world that they can help. And if we can have a groundswell of that, we'll solve a lot more of the world's problems than if we were just to leave it to, you know, big corporations, big organizations, mm -hmm. government, whatever. I mean, hey, they have their part to play too, but this is a wonderful opportunity the internet has given us. And that's a belief that I, that I have, one of many that drive my work. Second of all, vision. What is the vision you have of the future? Not, I'm not talking about just a vision statement for your business, and while that might be important, but paint a picture of like, this is the future I want to see and work for and create. I'll give you an example from a, another woman that I was coaching where she is in the health, um, actually, she was in the dieting, you know, what you'd call even the dieting uh, industry, and she has 
as of uh, recently, in the last couple of years, stop using that word at all. She mm -hmm. came across some research and things. She said, that's it. I got to stop talking about dieting when it comes to the women I'm working with, you know, with helping them love their bodies and different things. And, you know, it, he, she decided I have to take a completely different uh, approach. And she now believes it has this view, vision of the future where like we get rid of the dieting industry or that world. It might seem like a huge daunting task, which is like, we absolutely need to take that down. It is not serving us well. So that's, you know, a big vision thing. It's bigger than her. And when people do business with her, they are, they also see themselves as being a part of that. And people want to be part of something bigger. Again, going back to companies like Patagonia, Whole Foods, like there is a certain vision uh, of, you know, Patagonia is all about like the sustainable future, right? So what is that mm -hmm. vision you want to create? So beliefs and vision, value, we always talk, already talked about a little bit is being very clear about what you offer to them, what's in it for them if they do business for you. Uh, the fourth thing is contribution. So what do you bring, what does your work do that goes beyond the monetary exchange and the value exchange with your customer? I mean, that, that's important. They, they pay you and, and you render a service or give them the product or whatever case may be. But how does that contribute to the community or the industry or even the world at large. And I'd like to think that in the work that I do, helping elevate all of these thought leaders that I'm, it contributes in that will solve more of the world's problems. I mean, I'm not claiming that myself, I can go and help enough people to solve all the world's problems, but I'll make more of a dent if I help more people find mm -hmm. with their ideas and their expertise, the, the people and the problems and the, and the populations they can help the most. And so that's how I see my work contributing even beyond what it does for uh, directly to my my customers. And then the final thing is a reason why you do what you do other than making money. And for me, one, one simple example is um, I see it as a compounding of my own impact and legacy, specifically working with people who want to have a personal brand and, and be a, a thought leader or get their ideas and things out there in a bigger way. It's like, well, hey, it's like, compound interest. I help, you know, a person, they go help 10 or a hundred or a thousand. Then I help another person and they help 10 or a hundred or a thousand. And so that's a reason why I do what I do besides money or the freedom directly benefiting to, to me. So those five things, beliefs, uh, vision, value, contribution, and reason why, if you flesh those things out and then talk about them in your content, in your keynote speeches, with your clients, in your marketing, in your, on your website, on your about page, on your social media, now you're going to be creating something that really has a uniqueness around it. And that's one key way to do that. That was great. Thank you so much. And I really loved that end piece, how you finished on that, uh, that concept of compound interest. Yeah. Because oftentimes we don't, we don't think about what we do as affecting we kind of only think about it as I am working with a patient and I make a difference in that patient's life. Right. But I'm not thinking that because I made a difference in this patient's life, they were able to make a difference in their children or their parents yeah. or their friends or their yeah. family because they're going out and doing what they're meant to do because I helped them do that. Absolutely. And yeah. That I just, think about? yeah, I just, I love that concept and I, I don't think I've, heard it really put quite that way before. And I think it's, it's just wonderful to think about it that way. So that when, because oftentimes as healthcare providers, we can be a little shy, I guess could be the word, or uncomfortable with asking for monetary exchange for what we do. Right. Right. And a lot of times, especially in healthcare, you're tied to that insurance system where 
you know, mm. you're waiting for the insurance to pay you, or you could have a cash-based business where the, the uh, patient pays you directly. But so often there's this shyness or this inability to kind of ask for that monetary contribution. And I think people get so fixated on that, that you forget about all the other stuff that you're doing, that sort right. of compound interest that you said goes beyond that monetary amount. Because I right. think if people see that, then the monetary amount, yes, we need to make a living, but people will be like, yeah, sure. Here you go. I get it. Yeah. Right. And when they understand, um, yeah, and, and it definitely comes across again. By the time they do business with you with this this kind of messaging, um, you know, people not only are they just like identified with you and like, no, I want, I want, I want you to be the one to help me, but yeah, they understand that they, whether it's conscious or unconscious. It's just, yeah, this mm -hmm. idea of like, oh, I'm also part of something a little bigger than me here. This is cool, you know, and and that's what people want these days. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now let's say we fast forward. We have our, we've gone through that framework. We feel like we have a good solid footing on what our brand is and, and our messaging. So let's step into now how to create sources of income from that messaging. And, and that messaging, of course, is using our expertise. Yeah, so when it comes to uh, creating different sources of income. There's one key asset to be very clear with. And then I can share another four-part framework. I'm a big fan of, of frameworks. Me too. Um, and we've actually covered some of the pieces of that framework, which are being very clear. So, so I've, there's four pieces to coming up with some kind of offer. And when I say offer, it could be a service, it could be a product, you know, something what, what, that you're, you know, offering to people to, to buy um, and exchange value with you. So uh, the first piece is the the what well, we already talked about knowing very clearly who your ideal audience customer client mm -hmm. is and then the second piece is being very clear about understanding the outcomes and the results and the unfulfilled needs what's most important to them what's top of mind uh what is there what i call their toothache pain and not that they literally have a toothache but i use that as an example because if we have a toothache and it's not going away, we're going to call the dentist and go get it checked out, right? It, it suddenly becomes yes. a top of mind thing. So how do you know what that is? Well, you go and you talk to them. I'm always encouraging my clients to go and do market research in the form of having conversations with people who fit the, the description of their ideal person, the person that they want to reach. And this could be current clients or past clients or also just people who aren't, haven't done business with them. But, you know, for you, Karen, it could be listeners of your podcast, uh, people who are on your email newsletter list. And, you know, if you regularly get on the phone with them and it's not to say like, hey, I have this idea for a product. What do you think? It's really to listen a lot and ask good questions to hear about their experience. You know, what are they dealing with? What are they trying to accomplish? Why haven't they reached that? That's the big thing is why haven't they been able to do that thing that they want to do yet? What myths and misconceptions are they maybe dealing with? What questions do they have? What's not, what knowledge gaps? What tools do they need to uh, acquire? What have they tried before that maybe didn't work for them? Uh, so, you know, the, the better you understand their experience in this way, then you as the expert can you'll see the through lines, the thread that draws, that ties these conversations together and you can kind of like read the tea leaves, so to speak, and go, oh, okay, I'm seeing something that's missing here or something that I think that I could do in a particularly uh, helpful way. And then at that point, you've got, you know, those first two key components, your ideal customer and their ideal outcome, thing that's really important to them. And that's where we're going to come up with um, a, a great 
a great offer. Now, to get a little more specific, at that point, you as the expert have some kind of process, and this is the third piece, some kind of process for helping them get from A to B. You know, so if you're a physical therapist, I mean, I, I'm not claiming to know that much about physical therapy, right? But like I've done some before. I had a, a, a knee injury and then mm -hmm. needed to get some range of motion back, right? So the, ther the physical therapist I went to see, you know, immediately you know, was assessing and everything. And then in, 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 uh, in her mind was... You know, going, okay, yeah, the, the, here are the things we're going to need do, to do over the next several weeks and a, a process to bring, that, uh, to bring that about. I have a certain process that I go through to help my clients, you know, figure out what their personal brand is or, you know, uh, create and launch their first um, online product. You know, I have different. And so if you're very clear about what that process is and particularly kind of your unique approach to it, again, going back to what's uh, unique about what you offer, that process now is something that you can wrap in a variety of what I call experiences, which is the fourth piece. So we have the ideal client or customer, we have their ideal outcome, we have your process for helping them reach that outcome. And now it's just a matter of wrapping it in different experiences. Now here's what I mean by that. If we imagine a spectrum, and on one end of the spectrum is kind of your, what I call your high-end, high-touch offers. So that would be, you know, as a physical therapist, the hands-on one-on-one work as a consultant, as a coach showing up one-on-one -on -one or the, you know, so it's much more, more nuanced and direct and people are going to pay more for that kind of uh, experience and expertise. On the other end of the spectrum with clients that I work with is something that would be like purely hands-off, something like a digital course, for instance, that, uh, you know, somebody can buy. So, so, you know, say I went online and um, I'm sure a lot of physical therapists are going to be like, whoa, bad idea. You need to actually go to a physical therapist. And I understand that. But maybe, um, you know, putting aside my ignorance about all of physical therapy, you know, maybe then as a, as a thing after they worked with you for several weeks or whatever, there's some, you know, downloadable set of, of videos that then they can go through on their own at, uh, at home or, you know, whatever it is that you're wanting to help people with. So that's at the other end of the spectrum. Purely digital, do it themselves. And then there's everything in between. And you're basically asking yourself three questions. It's like, okay, how are people going to get access to me through this offer? And so, you know, is that going to be direct one-on-one? -on -one? Is it going to be maybe there's some kind of, you know, a lot of my clients end up forming some kind of like group Q&A or coaching calls where they can help a group of people at once. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like, you know, your Lyft or Uber share ride. If the driver has three people in the car, they're getting paid by three people as opposed to one person, right? So mm -hmm. that's, uh, you know, how do they get access to you and finding a more scalable way to do that? The second thing is how do they get access to the information? And that might be, you know, through like you did that podcasting course I did that the information there was a you know, series of group calls, several people on a call. And I was doing those trainings and then saying, here's where you can walk away now and the action steps and what to do next this week with what we've talked about. Mm -hmm. um, so how do they access the information or the knowledge or the tools? And then the third question is how do they access each other? And this is a powerful thing in, in wrapping in an experience because if you have a lot of people showing up have similar goals and desires, it's actually really valuable for them to be a part of a, a group of people who are working towards similar things. It normalizes you know, the, the, the issues that they're dealing with and they can get insights from others who are in the same place as, as they are. And this is where we see things like Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups or, or Slack uh, you know, channels or mm -hmm. you know, ways that, that your clients can actually talk to each other, which again, is, is huge value without your direct input other than that you connected them. So when you have those four pieces, the ideal client, their ideal outcome, your process for getting them there, and then deciding on what is the experience, you know, now you can craft 
And, and the cool thing about knowing clearly what that process is, maybe you take that first piece of the process. It's like an assessment piece or whatever the first step is. And you can make that a smaller product and make it lower price. So it's easy for people to go like, okay, yeah, I'll say yes to that baby step into doing work, you know, or, or experiencing your expertise in some way. And then all the research tells us they're likely that way more likely now to do business with you again and spend more money with you at that point. Or maybe you decide it's time to write a book. Okay. The book is maybe an overview of your process or you get invited to do a keynote. It's like, okay, there's, here's one slice of my process. One, one, one piece of, of what I help people with. And, and that can be the basis for that, uh, for that keynote. Or maybe you decide, okay, now I want the entire process packaged up as, as a group um, coaching type uh, experience that happens over eight weeks online or a two day workshop, right? Now you can, you can play with it in a lot of different ways, but that, that process is a really important asset. Um, so those are your four steps and kind of how all those pieces come together. Awesome. Well, I love a good framework. Um, so thank you for that. And there's one thing that you said uh, as you were kind of going through that framework that I just want to back up and, and touch upon sure. is that idea of being an expert. So oftentimes, and, and again, you touched upon this as well, is that feeling of uh, imposter syndrome and things like that is, is that feeling of, well, am I really the expert? Like there are people out there who might have more experience than I do. How can I put myself out there as the expert? So what do you say to that? Well, there probably are period people out there who have more expertise than you. There always will be there. People out there who have more you know, expertise or experience in marketing and branding than me. But again, it, it goes, there are two, for people to do business with you, it's about trust. And trust is actually made of two components. It's made of credibility, which, you know, that's expertise. Have you, you know, done the hours of mastery, gotten the degree if you need it or whatever goes into that credibility? Have you gotten results for people before? And we lean on that a lot and that's, that's okay. It is important. But then likability, credibility plus likability is trust. And often that likability is even more important than the credibility. Now, again, you, you need to be able to deliver the results, but what is that likability? Well, that goes back to resonance. And for some reason, I mean, I think we've all, you know, I, I could have gone to one physical therapist and been like, yeah, something just doesn't drive here. I need to go to another, whatever, for whatever reason, right? And at that point, it wouldn't have been like, which one has more experience? It's like, which one do I vibe with? Or if you've ever gone totally. and like hired a therapist or something like that, right? Just to kind of give a little more of a, uh, an extreme example. But uh, so that's one thing I would say. Another thing is that, uh, you know, if you do struggle with imposter syndrome, a great Google search to do is imposter syndrome celebrities. And you're going to see a huge list of like Tina Fey and Tom Hanks and Maya Angelou and people you're like, what like, <laughs> and stories like why are these people like doubting themselves they're yeah. like amazing yeah uh, then another thing that i would say um to that is you know that process of going and having those conversations with your your marketplace this can be very energizing and actually confidence boosting because as you're talking and hearing their experience it starts you start going like seeing it's like oh yeah i can help with that and you start getting excited about it and wanting to do it and so that's another you know little antidote to um to to that uh, and, and in the end it's you know you don't you never have to be claim to be something that that you're not you know you you are very clear and you know again what your strengths are where you can create results to what extent and there are going to be people that just decide to work with you 
um, for, for a number of reasons. And it's not just going to be price or geography. Sometimes it might be, but again, it, you know, that resonance piece comes in a lot too. So th there's a, there's a few different things. And, and then the last things all I can say is like, go back to my belief that it's like, look, there's so many people in this world, 8 billion mm -hmm. plus lots of problems to solve lots of, you know, people looking for guidance and help. So, you know, be that, that one specific band on Spotify, be that one person that, that, you know, that slice of the world is looking for and going, you know what, you're the person I've been waiting for to hear, to hear this from. So how, how can I work with you? And that's what we're going for. Perfect. I love it. Now, uh, as we wrap things up here, um, if you could leave the audience, although I think what you just said was probably, I sh shouldn't have even asked this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I want you to be able to kind of give the major points you want people to walk away with from this conversation, even though there were so, so many, I took a lot of notes. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just punctuate kind of the big point um, and, and with just a, a very brief anecdote or story here. And that is like back in 2008, I got a phone call from a woman in Austin, Texas. Um, she had a child, she was pregnant, or no, she had two kids at the time. Um, and she, both of her pregnancies had been very high risk. In fact, she'd gotten put on, put on bed rest, you know, or you had to stay there for months. And I'm sure that's got to be so stressful. Um, and it was a really difficult time for her. Um, she, she's from the African American community and she just found that uh, particularly in that population, the resources for high risk pregnancies were really under under like they just, there just wasn't enough of them so you know fast forward she's she's got her two healthy kids thank goodness and everything and she's like i want i need to share my experience and my story you know she's even gotten you know gone and and gotten some um uh what's the word i'm looking for you know accreditations or even i can't remember exactly what she you know went and trained in but she definitely got some that credibility expertise part but then she also wanted to to share her story and so she said can you help me launch a podcast um, I said, yes, absolutely. So she hired me to, to coach her and consult her through that. Um, and, you know, fast forward a, a few, uh, a few months or maybe it was a half a year or so. And she started getting emails from people in Ireland and Australia and Oman in the Middle East. And, you know, this one woman in Oman wrote her and said, look, I, I got to thank you for helping like save my child. I had no, when I found out that I had to be on bed rest and there was this high risk of losing my pregnancy, like I didn't know what to do. And where I live, there really isn't like much support or empathy. And so your story, your podcast, your perspective, your expertise gave me, you know, the strength, the will, the knowledge to be able to get through that difficult time. So what I'm trying to punctuate there is like how many of those connections are waiting for you out there, the listener, you know, who's listening to this right now and whether you reach them through a podcast or a blog or videos or through social media or speaking or whatever the case may be, uh, there are absolutely those story. you know, that, that, that story can be true of you. And that's why I do what I do is to multiply that phenomenon that I've seen time and time and time again over the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah. I mean, you just, you never know who's listening or reading or watching and you never know how the words that you say can truly, truly affect another person. And that's a great, that story is a great example of that. 
And I don't know if you can hear a little bit of music right out my window right here, but somebody's having a dance party with their car suddenly. So nice. that's not just me like, you know, winding down our interview with like, I'm going to do a little salsa. Or you're going to play, you're going to play yourself off. Right. Totally. <laughs> like, we're at, like we're at the Oscars, just slowly <laughs> playing yourself off. That's so thoughtful This is of my you. exit music. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, before, before you exit, I have one sure. last question. Absolutely. So, and it's, I ask everyone this, knowing where you are now in your life and in your career, what advice would you give to yourself as that young guy straight out of school? Yeah, wow. Wow, that's a big one. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think, I think what I would say is uh, that, you know, you're, you're only scratching the surface when it comes to what's possible for you and especially in getting to know yourself. So just, you know, keep, searching keep looking keep discovering and uncovering the layers of yourself and because you know that guy thought he was going to be an engineer for the rest of his life and so many other i'm such a different person now and that's good i mean you know a lot of growth and hard things and went very different directions than i thought but it would just be that encouragement to say look you're just getting started and things are going to be very different but uh, you know keep you know, keep digging and hoping and pushing even when it gets hard Great advice. Thank you so much. Now, Jason, where can people find you? Yeah, so I've got, uh, they can, I've actually have an, a new podcast where we dive into stuff like this. It's a podcast called Impact, uh, subtitle, How to Build or How to Grow Your Thought Leadership Brand and Business. Um, and so you can check that out. You can find it on all the, the major directories or at jasonvanorden.com. Um, and then the one other thing I'll mention is if you go to Magnetic Messaging dot download you can download you know i went very quickly through those five aspects of, of the messaging but you can download the framework it's like a full guide with questions that'll take you through that and um, if you want to dig into that exercise some more so that's magnetic messaging dot download awesome well thank you so much and just for everyone listening we'll have the links to everything that jason just said so his podcast his website and the magnetic messaging over at uh the show notes for this episode at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. So if you weren't taking notes like I did, don't worry, one click and we'll take you to everything that uh, Jason just, mess uh, just mentioned. So Jason, thank you so much for taking the time out and coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. This was great. Yeah, so much fun. Thank you, Karen. And everyone else, thanks so much for listening. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.